Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the School of Humanity. This is Rachel Bullman here with my husband, Jason Bullman. And we're so happy, of course, to be with you again this week. And thank you so much for continually taking the time out and spending time with us when you could be doing anything right now, but you're just listening to us talk, which is pretty amazing. How are you doing tonight, love? I'm doing well. Good. Well, tonight we are going to talk a little bit more about, um, last week, you know, we talked about the fact that we, um, life has to have a purpose, you know, that we, sometimes we have a tendency to call the change of direction, you know, progress, but we must have purpose. And in order to have progress, you must have a purpose. You must have a goal. So this week, even more than that, we wanted to talk a little bit more about, what it means to be made in the image of God and how that relates to moral law and how that relates to us being able to live this life even fuller. So one of the things that had come up to us was um, the fact that we kind of live out this, our own um, kind of civil war that happens within us. Um, We have, on one hand, the person that God created us to be and then the person that we created us to be and those two people are are constantly at war when you say love yeah um so we all know that in our lives there's this tension between what we know we ought to do and what we actually do what we find ourselves desiring to do and um in this great book that we're reading called Life is Worth Living by Fulton Sheen, he he talks about how there's so much war in the world, and he even went through like a study of, or he, he recalled a study done by someone else, you know, that... Yeah, they recorded, they went through like over 3,000 years, a span of over 3,000 right. years, and like, like 90% Only, of that uh, time was spent, 95 yeah, it was only like 270 years of that were, were spent years in of peace. peace. Yeah, um, Which is pretty remarkable. Which is remarkable, yeah. And uh, he also notes that as time goes by, the increments or intervals between peace and war are getting the interval, shorter. The intervals of peace get shorter. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's, you know, continually getting worse and worse. And um, And he makes the assertion that war or outward external conflicts occur because of internal turmoil. Yeah. Which I totally agree with. You know, I think that, and I've said this to you before, that um, this is always about that, you know. Yeah. And I think we see it in our own lives. Um, By that, I mean, like, for instance, right now, um, we are coming off a pretty busy week, work week for Jason. Um, yeah, and, uh, not to downplay Jason's work week, but I think my, my work week is pretty busy all the time. Uh, no, it but is. <laughs> Jason called me today at one point and he's like, um, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm really, I'm really stressed out right now. And he's like, what are you doing? And so I told him it's raining a lot here right now. Um, and as we pray for all of the, the citizens over in Texas, you know, we, we are experiencing like the periphery of the 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 rainfall that they're getting because of Hurricane Harvey. Um, 
And so today, you know, I is Jeremiah. Jeremiah turned five yesterday, so please pray for him. Jeremiah Augustine, who was born actually on St. Monica's feast day. Right. And uh, so it was his fifth birthday, and um, I told him that I would take cupcakes to his classroom today. And so it was kind of a whirlwind day because I had to be there at a certain time. And, you know, I will tell you guys that the enemy of of um, a parent with multiples is time deadlines. Um, like if you have to be somewhere at this particular time, it's always like a miracle and an act of God when we get there right. on time. I mean, the fact that we make mass on time every week is right. literally an act you of God. You have to almost like <laughs> embrace it as like a... Uh like a thrill, you know, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> if you look at it as like too seriously, we don't really much, so. <laughs> no, I mean, if you look at it too seriously, then, uh, and you can't laugh about it, then you just cry about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, so people think that we cry because we're just so, you know, in love with God, but we really just cry because <laughs> we're <laughs> Just kidding. We're always that is not just, true. Just rushing. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I, I I I pulled this huge thing where I finally I've got the cupcakes after going grocery shopping, and I've got Abigail and Gemma both in the car. I was like, all right, I'm going to get to Jeremiah's school, and his teacher wants me there at two fifteen, and we're going to make this happen. And meanwhile, it's pouring, you know. Um, so I get halfway to Jeremiah's school and I realize I didn't bring the stroller. So, and that's not a huge deal, you know, people without children and, and single folks out there going, you know, that, I mean, who cares? But truth of the matter is that I've got two babies and I've got 24 cupcakes and I've got a bag that has like treat bags for all of his friends and it's raining. And so... Um, and you're late. And, and and I'm late. Thankfully, I actually was on time, which was amazing. But um, I, I had to like pep talk myself all the way there, and I got there. Um, but then by the time you know I get all the kids back after school, and we're getting into the car, I'm like totally irrational, you know, getting into the car. Like, come on, guys, we gotta hurry, we gotta hurry. And I'm thinking to myself, like, why do we have to hurry? Like, where are we going? <laughs> what requires me to hurry right now? Um, but it's really just this projection of, of my internal turmoil of constantly rushing, you know, that I then project onto the children. And I know there are times when Gabriel asks me like, why are we rushing? Where are we going? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Mommy's just going insane. I'm so sorry. Um, well, you know, all, and, um, that turmoil inside, you know, it's understandable, and there's no one that's listening that's going, well, how could she get upset about that? I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's obvious if how... If you are thinking that, shame on you. Right. Um. <laughs> I mean, if you do um, get upset, it's understandable, but it's still not rational, actually. Right. Um, and I mean, and let's think about another direct, a more direct example would be... Um, I know that there's times, you know, when I'm exhausted, you know, and, uh, and the kids will be acting like kids. Like you take a kid on, on Monday when I'm well rested and, um, everything seems to be going well and the kid is, is playing and having a great time. Um, and I let them, you know, Mm -hmm. 
but then you take three days later when maybe I haven't had enough sleep and I'm, I'm not in the greatest mood and I've already had a few things not work out accordingly. Um, the same kid, same scenario. They're playing. They're having a great time. And I hate it. You know, like I'm, I'm telling right. them to be quiet and I want them to go in the other room. And the truth is, is that it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with the kid. Right. And it really, it doesn't have anything to do with them being loud because they were the same way, you know, the other day when I was in a better mood. It's really just about my own internal turmoil. And at the heart of that turmoil, you know, according to Fulton Sheen, is egoism and selfishness. Right. I think Jason just called me egotistical, but that's, you know, run of the mill, you know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. (laughs) But no. Go ahead. That's something that... um, Jeremiah, it was so funny. One time we were talking and, and he says, why do some people wave at me and some people don't? Because he used to wave at people all the time. And so once he asked me, he said, why? And I was like, some people just are not ready. Like some people just are not, not a king to wave back. And I remember right. thinking like, it's usually because those people are super grumpy and they don't care. <laughs> but how can you not wave at a kid? It's because you're all turned in on yourself and your own misery. You know? Right. I mean... We've all been there. It's just some people I mean, live there more there. than others, you know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you just told an elaborate <laughs> story about how you're living in that zone. Um, but, you know, to get back to war, you know, if there was no egoism and selfishness, then there would not be war. Right. Think about that. Right. You know, so, I mean... You can't hear that statement you, you know it's true and then realize and then try to dismiss the assertion that all war and all division and all turmoil in the world is a direct result of inner turmoil within individuals. Right. And like Mother Teresa says, you know, you start with one person at a time. Um, it can be overwhelming. Um, but... Um, I think one way to do that, we were talking uh, before the podcast, and one of the things that came to mind was just that, so, you know, things in this world have, are, are guided by what we call the natural law, um, lower life forms like plants and things, or um, this earth is guided by natural law. For example, gravity always works. Um, it's a natural perfection. Sometimes it works a little too well. You know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's my life, remember? <laughs> Orthopedics. <That's> true. <laughs> um, or fire, you know, always burns. And so it achieves its what we call natural perfection necessarily because God made it so. But But man is held to not only natural law, but even a higher law than that, which is what we call moral law, which is necessary because we were created with freedom. And so the perfection that man achieves is a free choice to to, um, engage in the good, to choose the good at all times. Um, So... um, the fact that we have this freedom speaks to the um, us being made in the image and likeness of God. And uh, whenever we go against it and disobey the moral law, we don't destroy it. We don't ever right. win. 
it, right. it is because it's an extension of God who is the truth, you know? So we don't destroy the moral law. We simply injure ourselves. Right. Right. So Yeah, we were just talking about this with Gabriel. Um, or I was, I was kind of discussing this with Gabriel, and then Jason and I were talking about a way to illustrate it for him. And I'd said that we should take... Uh, like pieces of Play-Doh, two pieces that are molded into, into hearts. hearts. Yeah, I said, you know, you could show him what, what happens, you know, when he tells a little white lie or if he manipulates his brother. And, and so you have the heart that does these things, but then uh, reconciles and, and seeks God and strives to be better. And that heart can then be, you know, those holes can be filled in. But when you have the heart that is, is marred, and it's it's been marred by its by its own decisions, you know. Um, that heart is a lot less. Uh, it's it's a lot less attractive, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's got a lot more pricks and and holes. And I think that that would be a good illustration to show him that those things might be small injuries right. to the heart, but after a while, you know, it it it's a pretty blunt Im- uh, imagery of what that would be like. So, um, for those of you that like to play with Play-Doh. You know, that's a great, great illustration. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think the other thing, the other thing that's made me think of too um, is the fact that we, we, we tend to spend a lot of time um, looking at things around us, you know, and when we're trying to achieve this, this moral law, we tend to think, we, when we try to follow the moral law, you know, and try to achieve perfection, we tend to think that we are not able to achieve perfection by our own means. And, and not by our own means. Obviously, everything is done with the grace of God. So maybe that was the wrong, the wrong choice of words, but that we tend to think that we can achieve or follow the moral law better if we were something else or if our circumstances were different or right. if we had a different gift or if we, you know, if, 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 if you know, if we, if I could... Um, read theology better and understand it more. I'd, I this whole moral law thing would be a lot easier for me to achieve. I could be right. holy, right? You know, um, man, if I could sing like so and so, I could be holy, right? Um, or, you know, if we just had um a little less debt, you know, I could be, I could really be holy then, right? Or have more time to pray, right? I could have more time to pray, right? Or, um, gosh, if if you know, maybe not now, maybe like in five years when the kids are older, mm-hmm. you know, I could, I could really, or, um, oh, how about for women, you know, if I only found the right guy, you right. know, then if I'd be the right happy. I could, you know, have a good interior Listen life here, and, you know, men think the same thing about women here. Oh yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> no but you doubt. know, they say, you know, if I find the right person, I can, I'll be happy, you know, and then I'll be able to really be, be vulnerable. Or if, if, um, it's just incredible how, how the enemy is such a great distractor. And I think that those of you that are listening, you know, you know it in your own heart. You know the truth of the matter is, is that all of those things are all just distractions. That when we take the time and we really are um, open and vulnerable, that just something really beautiful happens. You know, one of my really good friends... Um, has actually had had some family issues and never really had a boyfriend or anything and recently got a boyfriend and and um and I really feel like it's the first time that she's been loved you know 
Um, and it was really beautiful yesterday. She was telling me that because I, I always tell her that that when I met Jason, I always always put it together with um, that one scene in what is that movie with Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds? Oh, I don't remember the name of it. Yeah, I don't either. Um, but they're dating, and and she's always been kind of gruff and kind of independent. And she meets him and experiences real love for the first time. Not necessarily through him, but it was like through her family. Through his family. Through his family. And um, so she, there's a part in the movie where she just absolutely loses it. She like steals his boat and he's like trying to figure out what's going on. And and she's crying and, and she's like, you know, I've just never, never been loved like that. You know, I've never experienced that. And uh, she tried to run away from it. She tried to run away from it. And right. so my friend had texted me and said, you know, I, I, um, there was just this moment with my new boyfriend where he was just telling me that he loved me. And I, and I told him I loved him and I meant it. And she said, and when he left, he went to go run an errand and I just wept like a child, you know? And, um, and I said, wow, you know, that's just really beautiful. And she was like, you know, it, I could tell that the, the thought was, you know, why would I do that? And I told her, you know, how sometimes that when we when we experience love, and by love I'm talking about a person, but when we experience the reflection of what God intends love to be and what God intends love to be is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so when we experience Jesus, it's it's very alarming, you know, and we tend to want to run. Um, but then sometimes what happens is it, it – there's this cleansing of tears that can occur. And then we realize that, you know, we've, we've really just been walking around wounded for most of our life. And so what happens is when we really first meet Jesus and every time that we meet him and we get deeper and closer to him and he reveals more of love itself, love himself to us, um, that the wounds that we thought were never there, wounds that we didn't even know were, we were aware of, um, had occurred. You know, they, they get kind of ripped open. And, and I believe that they get healed correctly because love itself is the only thing that heals that. Right. If that makes sense. That was pretty... Well, yeah, no, and, and to, to, to go on that, you know, what happened all that time was you were rebelling against the reality that you were given. Right. You know what I'm saying? You were you were trying to make yourself instead of being, being who, who God, God made, made you. you. Exactly. So that's what we do is we tend to rebel against the moral law. We, we try to make ourselves someone other than who we are. Right. And eventually, by God's mercy, you know, uh, it falls apart and we realize hopefully, who we are through God's eyes, and we weep, and we're not used to it, and we're scared. We might try to run away, but it does leave an imprint, and, and it does. you really can't run away <laughs> And you know, you can continue trying to run away. I mean, right. we all do. I've done that before. Um, right. And and the thing is, is that, like you said, you know, you, you either choose to run away now but it eventually it eventually ca- right. catches up to you. you, well, you there's this recognition that it will never make you happy again. Right. It, the, the fantasy that you were living in oh is gosh. now revealed and so you you can't ever be happy that way and yet you're not 
fully capable of living right this new realization you know this new person yeah that i mean you i will are. say I, I just had kind of an epi- epiphany here i may weep um but i know that a lot of a lot of marriages and things like that they they don't work out because they people get caught up in like this this false reality you know they yeah. they find some other spurs person that is not their spouse and they've they created maybe a friendship with them or um some sort of connection and they imagine that that must be better than what they have. Yeah. You know? Um, and there are, you know, umpteen million different reasons why that occurs. You know, they lack vulnerability in their own marriage. They lack, um, that from their spouse. Yeah. They lack openness and, and takes, truth. Love takes sacrifice. And love too. takes sacrifice takes and effort and yeah. giving of yourself. Yeah. And so, um, but that's the beauty of, of our marriage, you know, that, that that makes me want to weep is that I, I mean, I've told this to Jason most of our marriage is that I, I've never experienced love like this. Right. You know, and because I know that this is love in spirit and in truth, that I, there's nowhere else. I mean, it's very much like the disciples with, with Jesus, you know, where, where else would we go? I mean, I know that there is nothing for me outside of Jason, you know? Right. Um, well, the opposite of selfishness and egoism is gift of self, which right. we, which is our natural state because we're made in the image and likeness of God. And so when you're called to the vocation of marriage, you know, you live out that giftness, right. you know, if you will, to uh, the other. And so it's such a beautiful way of living you know right <laughs> and 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 that's the kind of love that we share you know between one another so thanks be to god <laughs> yeah um yeah but the other thing is is that we have to be we have to find that reality where we are you know we we have a tendency um uh, not we, but you know that that royal we. We have a mm. tendency to to look out and we say, you know, if this changes a little bit. But uh, Jason, it was really beautiful. Um, a few weeks ago in the School of Humanity, we were having a discussion about something, and at some point, Jason asked, "But could we be happy with Christ and be and still seek Him where we are?" And you know, and, yeah, we and with what vocations. situation? Yeah, with what situation we are in. Like if the Lord never gave you a different job, could you still be satisfied with him? You know, like if the Lord didn't give you, if we had to do this for the rest of your your life, would you still right. seek him? And I was thinking about that the other day. I was, I, it was actually today. I was thinking about um, the young adults. Um, there are times when the Lord just gives me a moment in prayer where I'm able to just think and pray for each person that has come through here. And, uh, and that was one of, one of those times occurred today. And I was sitting there and I was thinking about those that have come and haven't come back again, you know, um, and, and just in ministry in general, that tends to happen. You have a person that pops in and they, they love it. And then you don't see them for like three years (laughs) and then they come back. Um, and then it also led me to the next thought of the fact that most of the time when they have come, it's because something awful has happened in their life. You know, they've experienced some sort of heartbreak. So they come, and and then, you know, things get a little bit better, and then they, they go back away, you know. Um, 
And I was thinking about the fact that I know that we all ask that amidst amidst trying times in our lives. You know, why would the Lord allow this to happen? And the answer is always that he just desires to draw closer to you. And sometimes the only way for that to happen, um, for you to recognize that, is for a little bit of your heart to be broken open so that it will then be filled by him. You know, because clearly we've tried to fill it with something else. Yeah. Um, but then when things start going better again, we push them right back out of the way. Yeah. Um, and what a beautiful gift it is for us to continually let him um, mold our hearts and fill our hearts. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, once you've tasted that, nothing else will ever right. taste the same. I mean, if something ever happened to Jason, God forbid, I mean, no, no man would ever be able to replace you. I mean, there's nothing, there's no love that would be in comparison to this love that you and I share. And it's the same thing that, that when we have had our encounters with God, that we can never, ever have anything else that fulfills us like he does. Right. Yeah. So true. I just, uh, this is <laughs> so good. Um, but the other thing is, is that we, with, with this war, is to realize that um, I know that I, I talk to the kids a lot about it, is that even if you're in the midst of the war, it, it helps to bring peace to realize that your enemy is not really your enemy. Right. Ever thought about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, you know, that your enemy is still a child of God and that your enemy is dealing with their own right. internal turmoil. I think the uh, one really um, amazing healing point to remember when you're struggling to... Uh, to sort of die to your own ego. Let's say you've had an encounter with God, you recognize that you still have these bad habits that are a distraction, they're a fantasy, and you're still and you want to draw closer to him. One thing that you should do is, you know, whatever that distraction is, analyze it. Why do you do that thing? And I promise you that you'll see that the reason why you do it is because you desire goodness, you know, right. which only bespeaks, you know, that you're good, honestly, right. you know, even when you're doing things that are disordered, you're still desiring right. in your heart of hearts, you're good, you're made good. So right. You just, just have to choose the better yeah, part. I yeah. mean, it, it was, it was just yesterday, you know, our, our Jeremiah was having his birthday and Gabriel, of course, is is a couple of years older, a little bit smarter. So he, sometimes he manipulates the situation a little bit. So Jeremiah got a new Wii game, and he wanted Gabriel. He, they wanted to play it, but we didn't have enough time before they needed to go to bed. So it was either you play the Wii game or we go to the to the gym, because the gym has two play areas, and Jeremiah just got old enough to go into the older kids' play right. area. He's so been he longing was, for that. Oh my gosh, he was super excited <laughs> to be able to go in the big kid area. So, um. So, of course, it was Jeremiah's birthday, so we let him choose. And right. Jeremiah chose uh, to go to the gym, which is not what Gabriel wanted. And so Gabriel, um, they all have this really manipulative way to let us know that they want something else. And it's not to ask for it. They turn to us and they say, you know, I really wish. Yeah, I really wish. I really wish. And so Gabriel turned and he said, I really wish we could have played the Wii game. And I was like, oh, buddy, you know what? It's Jeremiah's day. It's his birthday, and we let him choose, and he wanted to go to the gym. There will be other times that we'll get to play the Wii game. And so at first he was fine, but then when we, yeah. as as we got closer to leaving and everything, he just lost it. 
I mean, was completely upset. And um, so I took him to the back and I explained to him, I said, the fact that you want to play the Wii game, which just sounds so stupid, but, but in, in application to what we're talking about here tonight, it's super applicable to, to ourselves, you know. What, the fact that you want to play the Wii game is not bad. You know, that's not a bad desire. It doesn't make you a bad person. That's not what mommy and daddy are saying. What we are saying is that we also want to be able to play that game with you. But right now here in this moment, there is a better choice. Right. And that better choice is always to live for the other. And so I asked him, I said, what's the better choice? And I mean, every time you have this conversation with Gabriel, he knows what the answer is and he refuses to say it for like yeah. a good minute and a half, which is the same thing we do, yep. you know? Yeah. So they show us so much about ourselves and that's, that's the truth. You know, the Lord will, the Holy Spirit will prod at you right. and tell you, you know, this is the fact that you're choosing this is not right. so bad, but it's just not the best thing you could be choosing right yeah, now. I love this. This is why you see St. Paul say that it, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Right. Um, or if I boast, it is only in him, you know. Right. Um, because as we know, St. Paul had a big conversion, and then, you know, he was had so he was so blessed and so much grace that he, he really did. His ego turned into Christ. He no right. longer looked in anymore. So he looked out to Christ at all times. So... Literally, his life, instead of being, you know, um, like we do, um, we're in our own little worlds, in our own me mode all the time, it literally changed. Like, right. And that, that, that's such a, it's a huge deal, and it is hard to even um, comprehend it when I say it, but it is possible to stop thinking about yourself all the time. And to really just right. think of Christ and all people and all things in light of him. I mean, that's that, how and, saints are made. Right, and that's what we're called to. And that is the only way to have peace and to no longer have division in our hearts and in the world. Yeah, and so, I mean, to wrap everything in, you know, we are, there's there's natural law, there's moral law, natural law is given to all things, but we are also given a moral law, Um and that moral law is given to us because the Lord, it's a higher law. Right. And the Lord loves us freely. And that natural law occurs because it is a natural thing. Like if you if you light a fire naturally, the fire will burn. Right. Um, but because it's perfection is to be fire. Right. You know, and n- moral perfection. law. Perfection. Um, is that what you just said? No, I said... Uh, our perfection and our perfection is found yeah. in moral law and that moral law is achieved through choice and freedom right because love requires freedom it does and so the thing is is that when we when we don't pursue moral law or perfection when we disobey his will we destroy ourselves yeah and there's this really beautiful line from this book and he says Fulton Sheen says in stabbing him capital H him, stabbing Jesus and stabbing God. It is our own heart we slay. Yeah. So I'm going to say that one more time. And stabbing him, it is our own heart we slay. By catastrophes must we sadly learn that the moral law is right and will prevail. Fire burns. Therefore, let us not stick our hands in it.
godlessness causes war. Therefore, let us be godly. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let us continue to pray for one another, especially those uh, victims of Hurricane Harvey, and continue to um, surrender this war that's occurring within us. Amen. Amen. God bless.